Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Stir the Pot, a podcast all about food and the people that love it. On today I'm joined by a duo, my first duo actually, um, Jackson and Levine, made up of Laura Jackson and Alice Levine, who you may know. Laura Jackson is a TV presenter, she is the host of the sideshow for Take Me Out on ITV, and Alice is a Radio 1 DJ, and she also happens to be one of the hosts of my all-time favourite podcast, My Dad Wrote a Porno, which I believe is coming back in a couple of weeks, and I can't wait, because it's amazing. If you've never listened, give it a listen. It's incredibly rude, but also insanely hilarious. Um, but today, on Thursday, they have launched their first cookbook, uh, Round to Hours, which is based around the idea of them and their supper club. So it's not a book about how to write or how to run even a supper club. It's about kind of the idea of entertaining and like, the feeling you get from a supper club. So the recipes are based around menus rather than actual individual recipes and each recipe serves six. So it's a really good entertaining book. It's also beautifully shot by Kristen Perez and styled by the amazing Tabitha Hawkins who I have worked with in the past. Um, it's a really beautiful modern cookbook and I'm intrigued to, to read it further and to have a look at it. But the book is out today, give it a look. Um, the link to that will be in the description down below. Um, we had the launch of the book last night. I'm totally hungover, so we're going to get straight into the conversation. Jack <laughs> Yeah, so literally, his dad wrote the book. Yeah. You just sit there, drink and talk. I'm just a tag Dead along, easy. yeah. Um, so basically, uh, the podcast always starts with one question, uh, and the question is, how did food become such a big part of your life? Um, but the thing I find fascinating about a lot of people who do this as a job is the change from one job to another. And so both of you have backgrounds in completely different areas from food. You're both presenters of you know radio, podcasts, TV. Um, and so for me, I'm always intrigued by why the change. So how did food as like a work thing come into your life against what you already did? That's a good question. I think we were both always really into food because we both really liked eating. <laughs> um, and of course cooking, but... Um, yeah, eating uh, first, cooking second. And then I think when we met each other, we saw an opportunity to make food something else. Mm. I don't know if we necessarily thought it was going to be work, but we thought we're both cooks, we both really like doing that. There's something really nice about communal cooking and doing it together yeah, and having yeah. a project together. So we just set ourselves a challenge, really, and supper clubs were happening. It felt like there was a moment where... Um, there was a smattering of them and, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know people were talking about it and we didn't really know what one was but we thought actually Laura's got a nice flat we've got some like pots and pans and plates together why don't we try it and see what it is and see how it works for us and then since then we've been on a kind of rolling contract with each other where we've been like we enjoyed that let's do it again oh we enjoyed that one too let's do it again um and maybe that's why it's stayed so fun and fresh because we know we were never like, right, we're going to do this, and the end goal is to uh-huh. have our own brand of tin soup or whatever. You know, we just kind of yeah. knew you do that we liked collaboration. It would be amazing. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Ed, <laughs> Coming on Thursday with the book, cream and mushroom. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's just happened. It sounds really cheesy, but it's happened really organically. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's been something that. Alice and I have had a real shared love, interest and passion in. So it's been, it has been like a natural progression. It wasn't one of those people, we didn't look at a gap in the market and was like, (laughs) hi, what can we do? We just really like talking about food, eating, cooking, entertaining. Um, And one thing we wanted to do was write about it and we realised you can't really write about food 
unless you're an authority on food. So we thought we have to put our money where our mouths is. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have to do something do that's something. tangible. Yeah. And we, at the time, we, we first started writing for a company magazine, RIP, loved a bit of company. <laughs> and we, we knew we had to have something to show them rather than just being like, we really, really love a sandwich. So we, we did a few of them first, didn't we? We did a few supper clubs and then said to them, I mean, it was a little bit smoke and mirrors. We were like, we run these supper clubs. <laughs> we did one last Thursday. Um, <laughs> but I guess, like, you know, you know, the people that do have a real authority on food are, I don't know, like, your AA girl. And and as much as he was dyslexic, you know, he has a very articulate and mm-hmm. interesting way of writing. And actually, you can't always associate with that. Like, if you're up north reading his reviews, and, you know, he used to get upset where the editor might put a full stop or a comma. Yeah. You know, it had to be exactly how he'd written it. And we just wanted to do something more like Grace Denty, like a bit fun, like where should we eat now? What, where can we get a bargain? Where does a really good, cheap lunch deal? Yeah, yeah. And something that was just a bit younger and a bit kind of just spoke to people like us, really. Um, so we kind of wanted to kind of, we wanted to be that voice. I think you're right. I think for me, there's always been a slight stuffiness in the older generation of food in this country to the point where it's off-putting. Like when I was a kid, I never considered doing food as a job. Because the idea of uh, going to work in the kitchen, A, filled me with horror. Mm. And also kind of food media's always seemed slightly, you know, old school. But I definitely didn't feel like I fit in. So I like that kind of low-key, a little bit more of the people kind of vibe. And it's a man's, it's a man's uh-huh. world. And I think that when Straight I... Straight man's world, too, well, mostly. Yeah, well, but, you know, Alice and I both waitressed and pot-washed. And when I was um, doing it, all, all of the, what the... The girl in the kitchen was making the sandwiches for everyone's staff yeah. lunch. And the men were in the kitchen and it was long hours and you were stood up all day and it was hot and you did split shifts and you worked six days a week it wasn't kind of set up it wasn't geared towards you having a baby or doing all the nice going shopping all the nice (laughs) lovely things that girls do at the weekend Um, and I think that that nowadays that's absolutely not true when Mm -hmm. you thought about being a chef when I was at school you know as as a careers advisor would talk to you about it wasn't really an option whereas now you think about well Alice Waters has been a chef for, for all time but you know you think about Sky or you think about yep. Claire Latin or Claire Patax and I think that you're there's so much flexibility in now working in a kitchen and, and being a chef there's so much more to working in food isn't totally. there? I think that's the, thing, the fun thing about food right now is you don't have to follow a prescriptive path yeah. you can just do whatever you want in food and make a career of it that way start a vlog yeah literally <laughs> and I think that's one of the fun things is that your route in food is very different and I really like that because you know you don't claim to be chefs you, I think the thing that you kind of pin your hats on is entertaining. Mm. I think that's a really nice alternative thing that we don't see a lot of these days. We not, you know, your book is a celebration of entertaining rather than just just recipes. Mm. So I think it's a really nice different spin on it. I think we were always really aware of that and really cautious about anyone ever saying that we were chefs because, like Laura says, it's it's really really <laughs> hard being a restaurant chef, yeah. and we haven't trained and we haven't done any of that stuff. But then at the same at the same time we love home cooks mm, and you know yeah. we talk a lot about Nigel Slater and yeah. Nigella and you kind of forget because they're so amazing that they are they would call themselves cooks not chefs mm-hmm. and Delia and Delia yeah. and you know I think yeah I think there's space for it all isn't there completely and I think those people all those people you mentioned I think are often more uh, likely to grab someone in because they have a warmth and a personality and it's not just about how you cook in a restaurant it's how you cook for home mm. even if it has you know fancy things that you might cook on your day to day life who were the people when you were kids that um, you know gave you a sight into food? Like, were those people like Nigella and Nigel? And mine would have to be my mum. I, yeah. I, I I can't think of a, a known name necessarily, but yeah, my mum and my. I remember 
my, my grandma, my mum is also Scottish, my grandma's Scottish, um, making, showing me how to do um, Scotch pancakes. Nice. And, and like knowing when the bubbles had burst, that that was when, yeah, you, when yeah. you turn them over. And I remember thinking like, this is such a good trick. Like yeah. this, is a, this is magic. Like we started with these things on the side and now we've got pancakes. Like why did nobody tell me that you could do this? Like <laughs> yeah. this is incredible. Um, and my mum just always made really great food. And I think it wasn't ever that she was like, Come with me now, and I'll show you how to make a great roast chicken. <laughs> we just ate really well, and yeah. and and she made everything from scratch. Um, and even now, she's got a lovely garden, a big allotment, and mm. grows everything. And I think you just see that, and you think, oh, I want to do a bit of that. I want yeah, yeah. to kind of copy what you've done there. And <laughs> we, had, we had Jane Asher, you know, she made yes. oh, yeah the cake maker. Yeah, I love a bit of Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always used to uh, make. Like do the cakes, my mum would be like, "Why is there flour everywhere?" <laughs> Three weeks after you've made something. Yeah, I'm a baker. There's still flour everywhere. <laughs> well, I'm not very good. Ba- like I used to love it as a kid, but I'm not. I'm not very good at. It. I'm. I'm too. I'm too lazy. I don't like the scientific part. I like to kind of just use <laughs> the recipe as a guide. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so baking's not for me now. But um. But yeah, Jane Nash. I just remember she used to do these really wacky cakes. She was known as Celebration Cake Lady. She used to have a shop in, I think, very West London, because of course it was. And it was all like the most perfect celebration cakes with like sugar tops on that you've ever uh, seen. Not my style at all, but you amazing. know, very, very twee. Mm. What was food like for you as a kid then? Did you cook a lot growing up or was that something you came to slightly I later? didn't. I didn't cook. I mean, I, I w- the things that you do when you're younger, like, like Laura says, you make cakes with your mum yeah, or yeah, you... Yeah. Um, I remember making my mum breakfast in bed on special occasions, which was to, the, the, like her worst nightmare. Because mm. she was like, "How have they made a hot drink? How have, <laughs> they, how have they cut that? They've obviously used like a bread knife to hack that in half. How have they still got fingers? And they can't reach the surfaces. So. Exactly. Why are they near the hob? Um, and, I, and I always remember we thought it was such a treat to um, give them fresh squeezed orange juice. Yeah, Do you remember yeah, doing yeah, that and thinking yeah. it was the height of sophistication? And you'd get you'd get sort of like a millimeter, a yeah. milliliter of juice from like ninety-two oranges. Yeah. So um, yeah, I did always like the um, like that surprise thing where you're like, I made you something surprise. Happy uh, Mother's Day! Yeah, here's, here's, here's a dish. Here's a really dirty kitchen for you to clean up. I had the um, the uh, my what was it called? The Osborne first cooking book. Do you that remember that one? And it had in it like eggy bread, which you would that hate. That totally rings a bell. Uh, that was it. Step by step. Yeah, and All it was little, illus- little yeah. illustrations. Yeah. They had like little mini chefs that stood on the end of the spoon yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. it? I, do remember I that. think it had a blue cover. Um, so I made those quite a lot and I also had the revolting recipe the Roald Dahl cookbook do you remember that? I remember the book I don't remember the actual you recipe made, you made snozcumbers you like you, you like took the middles out of cucumbers and, and put tuna in it great times great times glamour oh. I mean real glamour to what you serve today I mean, we, we still perfect. make snozcumbers yeah. yeah so um, when when did you first meet because the uh, sub clubs have been about what four years now yeah about four how long was it after you met that you decided to do that do you know what? It wasn't really that long after, was it? It was kind of like meeting and then going, let's get married and have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> throw all our eggs in one basket. Um, She's all or nothing. What yeah. It's like, you're doing this or what? Um, I think we just got on, we got on as soon as we met, really, and we had food in common and we had a few friends in common and, and we, yeah, we just kind of hit it off and we were both, um, Alice was working nights um, at Radio 1 mm. doing John Peel's slot 10 till midnight um, and I wasn't really working that much and I had, we had loads of time but not a lot of money and yeah, yeah. that is always, I don't know, great for a project starter isn't it because you can kind of, I don't know, dedicate, dedicate yourself to it a bit. Yeah, yeah. so we, we um, started going for lunch and talking about food and then emailing new openings or emailing really cheap menus like River Cafe that do an amazing winter um, 
lunch tasting yeah, menu. Yeah. I think it's like three courses for £27. I mean, you can't even get a starter for £27. No. So we kind of did loads of research like that. and then we Went to loads of places and had one <laughs> one lunch between two. It's like, no, that's all we'd like. Thank you. <laughs> no, we're, no, I'm not eating. Be... Just two pops. <laughs> yeah. No, we used to go and they'd like, would you like a drink? And we're like, tap water. <laughs> that's all we'd have all lunchtime. What skanky. Just a really big jug of tap water. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, still offers still a tap. Tap. That's mm-hmm. not enough. Finest, finest tap. Um, and um, well, like I said, we really wanted to write about food and we felt like we had to have some sort of not authority over it but we just had to put our money where our mouth was. Do you have your own thing to stamp it onto? So we started cooking for each other and then we decided well let's just branch out cooking for each other to other people. Mm. So that was kind of how it was born and we'd heard about supper clubs before but we Had you been to really, one before you went? We've both been to them separately yeah but I, I, I think we still struggle to understand what it actually means. <laughs> well it means different things to I think it means there. almost nothing it's literally what you want to do. Although I will make an uh, admission, I've never been to a supper club. Ed, I know, like, get out. literally, I live in East London. I, I write about food for a living. I have friends that you run have, supper clubs. You have a moustache and <laughs> a bicycle. <laughs> I mean, I have a bicycle that You're is so bright green. Um, but what is what would you say to someone who hasn't been to a supper club? And I want to go to them. It's not that I haven't had the opportunity. It's just every time I try and book one that I want to go to, I leave it too late. And the yeah, that's the only thing, isn't it? Because they're often very intimate gatherings with not many seats. I know ours are. Usually, yeah. like they've sold out, and we're like, yeah, there's just ten seats. So. <laughs> it's not a restaurant. Ten people bringing a friend. Let's not go on about it. <laughs> Someone once quoted us saying, "Oh my god, you can sell out. Jackson Levine sell out faster than a Beyonce concert. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how many seats does a Beyonce concert so, have? Cost to person ratio. Yeah, yeah. different. Yeah. Real different. Yeah. I mean, as long as you do some dancing to Beyonce, I will come. That's fine. Yeah, well, Beyonce not... has been to the Supper Club. So it's, not quite... <laughs> it's not quite the O2, is it? That we're uh, packing out, but um... all the single ladies. <laughs> We'd play, yeah. we'd play a bit of Bay, wouldn't yeah. we? Um, what is it? I think it is somewhere between uh, a dinner party with strangers, of course, that you've paid for, uh, <laughs> and that kind of informal local family restaurant yeah. feel. It's like that, com- you know, those restaurants that you go to where, um, you know, when you're on holiday and mm. you go back to the same place yes. time and time again because you've had a really nice chat with yeah. the proprietor and, it's, yeah. and like it's all a bit lo-fi but really great. I hope that that's what it is. It's really, really informal. I nice. hope you get a really nice meal but I think the thing that we spend a lot of time thinking about is that it's a really nice evening as well because yeah. it's not it's not Michelin-starred restaurant food. So sometimes we do worry that people think they're going to come and get some cordon bleu experience which they as soon as they walk through the door they realise they won't they kind of do that. that's the only problem with us becoming a bit more of a brand and a bit sure, bigger sure, sure. people's expectations Get of us higher. have got a bit higher and when people came the first time around the supper club it was raw because I mean I remember trying to get Jamie, Alice's friend, out of the house at 2am while my boyfriend was in bed. I lived in a studio apartment. Um, it was, people used to come with bagnums of wine. Wow. Yeah, a magnum in a bag. Classy, classy. Yeah. Um, and people being Laura to get through the night. <laughs> yeah. And it was just... And she means a box. <laughs> I love a box of wine. Nothing wrong um, with a box of wine. Love a box love of wine. Love a box of wine. But that was kind of really informal, really raucous, really fun. And... And now people, I don't know, they think that they're going to get like four courses and we're going to be wearing like um, waitress outfits. <laughs> Silver service. Yeah. And I think people are surprised. They go, oh, you're, you're cooking the food? Oh, are you serving the food? Oh my God, you're washing up. It's like, yeah. yes, this is our supper club. Point. It doesn't change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we'd actually quite like to go back to the original supper clubs that Alice first said when they were a bit more intimate yeah, yeah. at the flat. What was the first supper club like? Were there tons of mistakes, errors? 
I feel like burn we, anything. Oh, I feel like we spent a month making one meal. Is what it felt like. It felt like it took us so long to make. We waited a month in advance. We we, we put it in the freezer. Oh yeah, it's frozen. We, no, just yeah. um, you just put it on Iceland. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Delivery. Delivery. Yeah. It just felt like we practiced a lot because we were really because there's a difference, isn't there, between quite a big dinner party because I'd say like oh, yeah, ten massive. is a lot of people to yeah, cook yeah. for, and then you're just tipping over into feeling like you're catering when you're uh-huh. doing sixteen or twenty. Like you're suddenly like, oh god, like yeah. we've only got one oven, we've only got one hob. What do we do? Not one hob ring. It wasn't like we were <laughs> camping, but it's hard. It's hard to just get everything out on t- time. I mean, God knows what it's like running a restaurant. Um, <laughs> And we didn't have enough chairs. We had to borrow some chairs from the neighbours. Didn't have a big enough table. All those things yeah. that I imagine it's like when you go from having three kids to four, where you're like, yeah. right now we need a van. <laughs> <laughs> now we can't go on holiday abroad. Now we've got to like do all the, yeah. So it was a, it was tricky, but I, but we must have loved. I mean, we did love it because yeah. that's when we were like, let's do this again. It's been four years. You must yeah. like it at least yeah. a little bit. Or maybe it is like childbirth where you've just, forgot, <laughs> just forget forgotten the horror, the trauma. Uh, in the book, you say one thing that I loved about what well, just one. maybe just one thing. Just one thing. <laughs> Uh, it, was, <laughs> it, well, it was mainly about I like the, the word in your book we should have you on the cover one thing I loved Ed. well it was mainly about the cocktail that you shove in people's hands as, as they oh, arrive yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that's what I want if I, if I went to someone's house that's the feeling that you want yeah, so yeah. my assumption of that kind of soft club vibe is that I want to feel relaxed and mm. I want to feel like I'm being welcomed into someone's home yeah. so I've been giving it a really strong cocktail sounds like the perfect yes. way to you get need to get involved. people yeah. a little bit merry quite quickly and like you always say like I think it's just making people feel as comfortable as possible. Mm. So when they turn up at the door, it's not you're getting really stressed that you've got to take their coats and this is on, this is on. It's like, give them five minutes, make them feel welcome, give them a drink. If the food isn't ready, give them a loaf of bread, a <laughs> bit of butter, yeah. and sit them on the sofa with some music on. They kind of just want to see you. They want it to be fun. And yeah. that's what it has been like at the supper club. And that's why people have really loved it because they've left. They've made a friend. They've felt full. They've been very drunk. Um, <laughs> but they've really felt like they've been part of yeah. the family. And yeah. that's a really nice feeling it's so special there's nothing worse than being at someone's house and thinking Stuffy they and don't awkward. want me here yeah. I mean well, at 2 in the morning when you're trying to keep people out maybe that's fine that's but perfect not 8pm when you've just arrived <laughs> and then you're thinking God I think that they wish that yeah, they yeah, hadn't yeah, yeah. invited me over on the stroke of 2 Laura turns full <laughs> nightclub bouncer she's like lights on music off get out so have you had any disasters whilst you've been doing this oh my clubs? god all the live long day yeah, yeah. Um, like I say we do practice stuff because we are we aren't um, chefy so yeah, stuff does always go wrong, but Laura always says, and I think this is good because I sometimes forget this, like nobody knows what it's supposed to look like. Nobody knows no. what they're supposed to be having. I mean, we obviously have a menu on the table, but you know, if, if we've you- had surprise courses. Oh yeah, I missed, <laughs> I missed one off before. I just missed it entirely off. And Laura was like, I thought we were having five courses. And I was like, oh shit. At least you can do the other way around. We'd like, I thought we were having five courses, yeah. but his, the fourth one's a, a mystery. <laughs> hey, close your eyes and imagine you're eating <laughs> I hope you've got some smints in your bag, because that's what you have um, Yeah, and we've, we've we had a bit of a palaver, it might have even been the first one where, because um, we don't live together, but we did do them at Laura's flat. And so Laura got up early to put the to put the lamb in. We were having lamb shoulder, were we? Yeah. And we were yeah. slow cooking it, so all day, mm. and then it would just come out when people arrive and you know, like you could eat it with a spoon. Yeah. Voila! Da da! And you accidentally grilled it, didn't you? Yeah. And it's her oven. For how many hours? For quite a while. Most of the day. And actually, we we managed to rescue it somehow and it was really nice. So now I think we've invented invented a method. Well, the oven was so crap that actually the grill... It didn't didn't really work. ...was cycling around the air anyway, so... Kind of slow cooked it. Yeah. Anyway. It's a nice crisp crust. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Everybody wants. There's nothing worse though, you know, and someone's like, so how is it? And you're like... (laughs) 
I wasn't sure. Um, we've had, yeah, we've had lots of disasters with, like Laura said, not the best bakers. So pastry has been our Ugh. our nightmare. Yeah, there's sometimes. a story in the book about lemon tarts. Some lemon tarts went wrong. It was summer and we had warm hands. You know what that's you know. like with pastry on a hot day. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I had disasters yesterday. I haven't been in the kitchen for two weeks. And I literally went in to make, I was experimenting, I was in a really good mood and I tried this uh, technique. It did not work. So it ended up with pastry just in one bowl in the middle of the tart shell. I'm like, Looks great. Mm-hmm. Looks delicious. It, I just took it out and then burnt myself, so I've got a blister on the end of my finger. Uh, it's, you know, disaster is part of it, but I also think you learn way more through failure yeah, than you yeah, do yeah. through success, because if you're successful mm-hmm. all the time, you're like, yeah, I'm just amazing, but you actually don't learn anything. So. Well, that's in food and in life, yeah, isn't it? It's completely. It's important to kind of learn from your... All my disaster relationships, they just make the new one <laughs> even better. Yeah. The um, hand gesture you just did then suggested there were thousands of them. You just did this sweeping just motion. all the men of London. No. All of the men! <laughs> Um, so, what, how did you find the process of writing a book? Because it's very different from, I would say, different from, you know, presenting on the radio, presenting oh, yeah. TV, that kind of thing. It's a, For me, it's incredibly, almost lonely. At least you had someone to write it with it's you. It's bloody hard though, isn't it? Yeah. But it, to me, it's also the most creative thing that I do because it's one little deadline, well, not one little deadline, it's a long deadline, but you work up to it and then it's something at the end that you almost didn't think you could produce. I think that... Um, I don't. I, I'm not very academic, so writing the, the the thought of writing a book always seemed quite daunting. Mm. But I think that the one thing, if you haven't ever written a book, is that you you do do it step by step. So yeah. you don't sit down on the Monday. <laughs> you've written a book by the Friday. So by kind of breaking it up into bite-sized pieces, it's more manageable. And then doing something like a cookbook. I think there's a lot of kind of creativity that comes with that. Yeah, so we yeah. had lots of um, days where we brainstormed and did mood boards yeah. and made Pinterest boards and and talked and ate out in restaurants. And I think that I think yeah, that, that bit was nice. That seems <laughs> a long time ago yeah. now. But yeah, I kind of actually I think it was really difficult, and I think we both struggled with it together separately, but for completely different reasons yeah, because yeah. we're both. Alice is. Like she studied English at university. I did party planning, so it wasn't called that. I didn't know you could do party planning at Events university. <laughs> but, um, uh, so we obviously got different strengths in life, yeah. and I think that it. it it's, like, do you know what? It is a bit like having a baby. It was really hard at the time, and now I'm like I've kind of forgotten about it. I could do it again. Yeah, yeah. No, but I still feel that kind of the deadline creeping up and the emails and you know <laughs> all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I, I actually that long deadline thing. I'm not very good at that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm much better with lots of mini deadlines, yeah. and because they were sort of self-imposed, those mini deadlines. I just yeah, I really really struggled with that bit, and and I felt like, oh, we've got two years to do this thing, yeah. and then suddenly like we've got six months mm-hmm. to do this thing. What have we been doing? And I hadn't had that feel that that major feeling of a deadline since probably university yeah. of that long that long lead thing so yeah I mean like Laura says I really like writing but I I I just get really overwhelmed by big things like that so doing it together I couldn't I mean it's not even like oh it's great to do it together I couldn't have done it on my Mm. own I don't think I don't think you would have wanted to either I think it sounds like you bounce off each other quite well Mm. I think that's really useful but Mm. also one of the things that I love about the book is the design of it. I think the style of it is so incredible. Oh, um, and you picked such a good team to work with. The team were... So good. Th- I'm not going to lie. They're, they're, they're the bloody best. And actually, when you said, oh, ha- what's it like to make a book? A bit of me is like, it's... It, I feel bad being like, we we wrote this book. Because we've 
had the, yeah, yeah. the best people. So Kristen, who um, shot the pictures, yeah, it's so beautiful. Kristen Perez is, I mean, she's our biggest girl crush, probably, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, she's, she's like she's a really she's a really well-rounded, wonderful woman that's mm. lived about ten lives. She's like a cat. <laughs> she's had so many different jobs. Um, She's lived in, lived all around the world. She's got children. She's been, she's just this really smart woman. And you meet her and you're like, oh, just want you to adopt me or something. <laughs> and Laura keeps telling people, like, whenever you talk about her, you're like, she's just got the most impeccable taste in everything. And I'm like, yeah. we need to stop gushing about her. It sounds a bit creepy. To be fair, though, the photography in the book is really beautiful. Um, yeah. But also, I love... So uh, you worked with Tabitha. Yeah. And Tabitha's one of my favourite people of all time. Yeah. Um, so she's qu- queen of the props. Oh, she's queen of the props. And all, I love her because when I first met her, I thought she was going to be very uh, quiet and Prim. sweet. And then suddenly all these dirty jokes start coming oh, out. Oh, and the nowhere. Zumba moves. <laughs> I have seen the Zumba moves. Yeah. And like, she is, I think she's the best prop stylist. Well, Kristen so, so good. had worked with Tabitha before and we've never done anything like this. Mm. So we've never, for so long we've been like a, a, a two-man two show. So then when people are saying you need this person and mm. a lot of people said you need Tabitha, yeah, she's yeah. absolutely incredible. And watching her work, like watching it, I guess go from, because we all take pictures of our food, that's it fair to do. say. Yeah. Um, so g- going from what you think, like, oh, that's quite a nice composition or that looks quite mm. nice. Then when Tab gets involved and then when Aya, who did a, a, nearly all of the food styling with, um, with her assistant Charlotte, you know when you see the yeah. magic that the other people bring because Aya as well I feel like she'd mm. like turn a leaf and it would go yeah. ah so yeah both of them working together and so respectful of what the other people do you mm. know I had not really seen a f- I'd not really worked on lots of food shoots before we did the book so I'd not seen how everyone interacts and everyone just compliments yeah. each other I mean l- literally compliments yeah. that says that looks so fantastic but also just um, all of their skill sets mm. just work in tandem so amazingly um, and just brought what was in mine and Laura's head to life. But you know when you're like, I mean, yeah, it definitely looked yeah. like that in my head. It looks so <laughs> much better. Oh my God. But going back to talking about, you know, we're saying about jobs in food. I don't think I'd fully understand the nope. extent of how important people's jobs are in the food world and what they do. Mm-hmm. And like, we'd give Tabitha a picture and say, we want to create something like this, but more JNL with maybe a little bit more pink, maybe some foliage. And she would just literally nail the props. And we only gave her like five keywords and an image. And it was nothing like that image. It was more Jackson Levine. And it's just incredible how people's brain work, how, how creative people can be. Like Ali said, with just one turn of a knife, how it just transforms something really ordinary into the extraordinary. And I just, it just was really exciting and unbelievable to see how these people work and it kind of made us go away thinking we want that yeah. job we want it we want to have yeah. this job why is she so good at this and she go and she knows all of the prop houses she yeah. knows what's in the prop houses she knows furniture interiors crockery linen and it just the way that she knows balance works. as well yeah. doesn't yeah. she because what i really appreciated was that nobody had an ego about stuff so mm. we would be like can we just try this in it and they were obviously thinking you can but it's gonna look <laughs> shit yeah, but, they did. Give them a go. but they but they were like that yeah. they were like yeah yeah of course let's try it and almost every time you'd be like yeah of course that looks ridiculous <laughs> what was i thinking that looks so, <laughs> yeah, so incongruous but 
they have just done it so many times as well so they know oh just look we just and the, the phrase mm. that Kristen would always use would be like let's see where we're at and I always <laughs> thought that was really good she'd be like let's go back let's see where we're at let's take yeah. stock and I really yeah. liked that let's see where we're at with it we didn't we were really lucky because we it wasn't a rushed process we had a lot of time mm. in terms of shoot days um, like prep days and I think that I really love cookbooks and my, my even though like my mum's always had loads of books that sometimes she's never even cooked from but yeah. just reading them I just I find it quite I love to oh, learn about people completely. I think the never most lo- inspiring thing ever like, yeah. I don't cook from my books very often anymore but like, I buy them because I read them and it's fascinating yeah. and then design these days has a really big point of view for me oh, it's, 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 it, it's, it, it, we've come so far in terms of cookbooks definitely yeah. but um, I, since this process with Alice and I I've not looked at a cookbook the same no. because I've gone I've looked at who's been involved yeah. I've looked at the First photos thing I always do. and I think that when we when we did our cookbook when we first got our cookbook deal um, there wasn't a lot of cookbooks on the market that were um, that had put a lot of emphasis on design mm-hmm. I, I don't mean that in a, but in a life but the kind of life the everything surrounding element. it yeah because we yeah there, were, there was loads of straight food books and there was no but there was not really you know you wanted to do something that had a lifestyle aspect but you didn't want to be Kirsty Allsop you sure, wanted sure, to sure. do you know it's trying to get all those that different elements exactly. yeah. and there wasn't anything like that so we when we went to um, work with the design team we took art books we took photography books we, we took you know like really out there cookbooks we like took the exhibition, book an or, exhibition yeah, yeah. Um, I get that uh, what they call programs yeah, yeah. you know and stuff like that yeah. one of the really it, seemingly a really small element of the book and the design but something I'm obsessed with I haven't seen it in person yet is the the lay flat design you've got mm. yeah. because I've never seen that done on a cookbook before I've seen lay flat obviously but not that style and it's so unusual for a food book but I think it's really smart and very mm. very nice well, that was practical in that we wanted you to be able to open mm-hmm. your recipe and it not flop around but also um we just loved the mechanic of it didn't we we loved just loved the design and we'd seen quite a lot of the naked spines that was yeah i like the next spine i think otolenghi no polpo i think did first yeah yeah, yeah. and then tess ward did it um after on her cookbook yeah but we 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 weren't trying to be different for different sake we wanted it to be useful but the um the book that we felt inspired by by the cover was um an art book called francis francois hollard Mm. and he has um uh, it's like a kind of photography book and his cover is like really texturized and then it's embossed with silver and we, oh, nice. we loved the, the fact it was really textile mm. you could hold it and, you, and i don't know it's yeah, just tactile, tactile. Yeah. it's textile and, and tactile, tactile. <laughs> it's tactile, tactile. Um, but you know i don't know it's just like to have it and to hold it rather than it just be like a normal Laura, Laura has a thing about dust covers. Oh no, Don't I'm get not started. a dust cover fan. I have to say, they make the books look cheap and dated very yeah. quickly. Oh, kindred spirits! Yeah. <laughs> she, she whips those off and burns them <laughs> before she's even bought it. My uh, flatmate is obsessed with telling me whenever I go into a pitch meeting, tell me you want to do like the Nigella inside because when you take off one of the dust jackets, it looks like um, a chopping block, and it's it's really quite smart. And he's like, that's such a good idea. Do that. Do oh, that. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Does the things know? you don't think about, isn't it? No, but I think those things are actually really important. I think when you are going to buy a cookbook, those subtle design elements actually really attract you. And definitely for me, mm. now that I've you know. Uh, done it for a while those are the things that are extra yeah. and make me want to look at it but no, nor do you you know we did we had more conversations at times about the design and the photography <laughs> and the layout than what was inside it because that was really really important to us but nor did we want to alienate anybody by having something that was yeah. far too cool that you'd felt that you couldn't be part of our sure, gang sure. it has to be 
like that's approachable. approachable yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that we didn't want to be on the cover as well, and now we're very much on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, at the beginning, yeah, no you, way. <laughs> we're like well posy now. We were like maybe just like a hand, and then, <laughs> and then it's like, oh right, you've got a full oil painting of yourselves on the front. Actually, line. it is very oil it's painting. It's like a Vermeer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the style of the books that kind of like the. Uh, the way the food is kind of laid out is I think it's a really nice uh, idea the fact it's done in menus and again it's not that common that you see a menu layout it's the it's the, it's the first book in England that is apart from Nigella's feast menu that's mm. done in the way that we've done it and we felt it, we felt really inspired by Sunday suppers yeah yeah totally because everybody's got their USP so if you want a great vegetarian recipe you'll go to Anna Jones or you'll Google mm-hmm. Anna Jones you want a <laughs> you'll either go to a house or you'll Google you'll go to a house <laughs> or you'll Google it um, she lives or, in <laughs> like a great roast chicken you probably google Jamie Oliver roast chicken or yeah. if you wanted I don't know great brownies maybe that's a, like an easy Nigella recipe yeah. but people always for the last four years we've been doing this call us up and go oh my god I've got six people coming around for dinner on Friday yeah. I've no idea what to cook I don't want it to be expensive but I want it to look great yeah, oh, yeah. also I'm coming home from work at 6pm and I'm ready <laughs> so what can we what can I do and that's what people have always come to us for and I think that that's what we wanted to put in the book mm. so easy tips on setting the mood with candles, music, um, what to have in your store cupboard for when people are coming round in 20 minutes and you've got some yeah, potatoes yeah. and you want to elevate them. Um, and um, the table, so where to buy good co- crockery from, to buy good linen, where's cheap water Import it from Mexico. Yeah, just import it from <laughs> Mexico. I mean, you know, but the, no, no, I, I we're totally so down to earth. Yeah. Just so import it from Mexico. Just normal girls from the north. <laughs> they were so cheap though. Um, <laughs> oh my God, don't, because I rolled my eyes. She was like, I found the most amazing napkins. I'm like, of course you have. Why are you lying on a beach? And then she's like, I bought 100. I'm like, why have you bought 100? <laughs> I you never know when you're going to need 100 I thought she napkins. promised so many people. She's selling them on like third hand. I'm I bought some to Rosie Burkett first. <laughs> made a little profit. Uh, my friend just come back from working in India and she did the same thing but with vanilla. So she bought oh, uh, huge bundles of vanilla and just sold them to all her chef Who will buy this <laughs> Literally. Um, Amazing. <laughs> but I think it's really interesting because when I heard you were doing a book a long time ago now, right. I was intrigued to know how you would convert a supper club into a cookbook because I think often those things are really they don't have any use in the home because like you're not going to run a supper club in no. your own home so I think the idea that you've transposed it onto like supper, uh, dinner parties and kind of just general entertaining is a smart move but that's because we don't we aren't the ginger line yeah. we aren't um, a big company doing supper clubs for 60 people we're mm. inviting people around to our house for dinner and there's 20 to 25 people and that is something that at one, maybe at one point or other in your life, you are going to have that many people yeah. around, whether it be Christmas, Easter, Boxing Day, birthday, a summer party, and we've scaled everything down to six. But then, if you have got twelve people, then you just double yeah, yeah. the recipes. Just double it. I did really like. Yeah, I was really bad at maths. Yeah, I really liked the fact it was everything. All the whole menu, everything was for six because that makes total sense because that way you don't have to think about it it's not like well, I can use this from here this from there yeah. it's just all laid out for you so but then you don't even have to you don't even have to use everything and that's what we've wanted you could go yeah, yeah. do you know what I actually can't be bothered to cook everything from the Mexican brunch I'm just going to do the eggs and actually well, quite fancy that juice in the retox or detox yeah. menu I'm going to use that and put them together well, I am making that... the quesadillas for dinner tonight yes oh, so I've been easy. making those loads well, actually black beans are something I always have in the cupboard and yeah. I can never think of what to do though, yeah. because I'm like oh Okay, fine. So I will be using those tonight. Yeah. Um, talking about food in the book, what are your favourite things that are in there? What are things that you go back to time and time again? I really like the bavette recipe, which mm-hmm. is basically bavette and anchovies and yeah. some radicchio, which is really... Oh, she's choking. She's choking at the thought. <laughs> um, she's going to be sick. She hates, she hates that recipe. Um, 
Oh my god, you can hear it from can my mouth, can't you? It's like a foghorn. Um, I really like that one because I remember making that for my brother when we were like coming up with recipe ideas, and he's not somebody who cooks a lot. And he was like, "I would make this. Mm. This is so good, and it's so like packed with flavour." And he was like, "I've just seen how easy that was to do." And that really meant something to me because I was like, yeah, oh, if, yeah. if you've just seen me make that and you've enjoyed it and now you're going to go... And he said, I've made it like three times when we were yes. writing. And I was like, actually, that's so fab that yeah. that was good enough for you to bother to go and, and do it. And um, and because of the way that you eat that one <laughs> with your hands. <laughs> with a knife and um, Well, the bavette goes quite far. Yeah, so you're, yeah. not even, you're not even spending tons of money on meat either. So I do really like that one. What about you? Uh, Kale China, I think. Yeah, so good. It's a classic. And it's um, it's been handed down through quite a few people but my boyfriend's a veggie yeah, yeah. and um he, he he really likes big flavors and he's got a bit of a sweet tooth so there's he put he put an addition of um mango chutney in there i remember seeing him putting it in i was like what are you doing and why are you putting half of the jar in there <laughs> i mean it was really really good and now when we've had people around for dinner and we cook that well, what's the so secret easy. ingredient so sweet and then, <laughs> yeah. he, and then he um like kind of does the burnt garlic on top crispy nice. burnt garlic so good i think that yeah I, I, it's just so easy it's also if you want to do it midweek mm. you can do it like the night before your friends are coming around if you're doing it on like on the weekend you can kind of shush it up a little bit by yeah, doing yeah. a starter doing some chapatis doing like a nice I don't know like a cardamom cream dessert or something so there's, <laughs> I don't know I don't know cream dessert, <laughs> I don't know I don't know see page 38 <laughs> but this, I think that's what's great about all of the menus in the book they're yeah. really flexible and they're adaptable as well you know maybe you want the buffet with an anchovy mayo instead of the the salsa verde we'll do nice. that yeah. I think we are hoping to inspire people not to tell people how to cook and what to yeah, do yeah. and I think when I read a cookbook I'll flick through it I'll go I really like that recipe yeah. but I'm just going to add in what I've got in my cupboards and that's how we want people to use our book it's it's a guide it's yeah. not an instruction manual sure 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 um, so if you, before we move on to the next section uh what do you think is next for both of you what do you reckon the next year is going to be just world domination yeah that's, I mean, that's fine yeah. Beyonce Rihanna yeah, we just can take over. Do you know what I think at the moment with the book being out and it's been really hectic? Yeah, and yeah. We've got um, a range of linens out with Habitat. I saw, yeah. Um, we're just about to sign um, a brand ambassadorial role for a year, so I think that let's not get ahead of ourselves sure. and just enjoy the moment because we've been building up to this point for the last two years. And when people are like, "What's next?" I'm like, "No, this is next. This, <laughs> this is the next thing." Good um, because we've spent so long writing it, and we're really proud. We're not chefs. We'd never thought mm. we'd have a cookbook, so we're just. Kind of living for for this moment Ed with you <laughs> I have to say I think the the thing that makes me the most proud and it still does every day is any time I go into a bookshop and see my book on a shelf oh, don't. or someone sends me a picture of the recipe I've made so that is the great. best feeling yeah. we haven't when had you've that yet it's out on Thursday, so. out on Thursday out today when this comes out it's out, yeah, out today. now <laughs> available on iTunes go no. take the vans out go 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 Ed's <laughs> giving us the thumbs up take them to the stores um, so the second section is our shopping list so it's very simple it's just choice between two different things mm. uh, it's meant to be tricky uh, I did read the book at 10.30 last night so it may be shortened it's fine okay um, so for both of you avocado or black beans oh you've all oh, I won't answer for you but oh, you've always got beans in haven't you I have both because I know you're saying that you never know what to do with black beans but, but it's a good staple to have in I 
that's one thing I've always and my and my mum used to say it about I used to go out with this is really boring but I used to go out with a, a boy a boy called Patrick and um, I don't know why when I went out with him I really got into beans I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if it's because we never we didn't have that much money but I would always have all of the tin beans and I, I just what a romantic time to be alive <laughs> yeah I mean it was smelly but it was great <laughs> it was very very yeah. romantic uh, not to be a cliche but I'd have to say avocado mm. oh I you know. I've got into beans because of Laura's bean obsession. Oh, God. Patrick has a lot to answer for. Patrick has so much to answer for, you guys. Um, Yeah, he does, actually. uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's got to be the ripe and ready, Zed. (laughs) Um, Tea or coffee? Tea. Tea. Yorkshire Yorkshire brew. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We love coffee. (laughs) We we, we drink too many teas. I think the thing about coffee is, I I know when Laura's had one. She's, she's absolutely buzzing. Um, we would probably. What's our cut off for coffee? What one in the afternoon? Yeah. And then anything yeah. After two o'clock. Two. Anything after two is a no go. Yeah. So then we drink more caffeine through tea. I, yeah. think I have to have both every day. Yeah. Tea all in the morning. First thing I wake up, cup of tea. Yeah. Um, Let's start a new drink: tea and coffee. Well, there is um, my favourite drink coffee. is dirty chai, which is a chai tea with a shot of espresso in it, and it's That's a so great shout. damn good. Is it? Um, a lot of it's like an American barista drink wow. a lot of them drink because it it's super flavorful but then you get that shot of espresso too but you can turn it into i've uh, made a dirty chai ice cream before it's so good we've been doing some nice affogatos actually nice. yeah so maybe can we have a bit of both can we, we have can... tea in the afternoon and and, and just affogato till two yeah, that's fine okay, fine. Me. um now you both have to choose this uh or maybe together because yeah no together nottingham or huddersfield oh <laughs> Just the north, north of the M25. <laughs> Is that the north? So, yeah, you're an actual northerner, so. No, I get it all the time when someone says to me, yeah, I'm from the north. Where are you from? Uh, Milton Keynes. Yeah. <laughs> mm, no, I think it's a little further. I only, I that. play the card when I think I'm safe. When I feel like I'm in a room of predominantly <laughs> southerners, yeah, 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 I'm like, oh, it's it's grim up north, you guys. I mean, um, you've got a Scottish family, that kind of. Oh, yeah, that's, that's that as north as, as it gets, that's really. Um, we might, well, I feel like. I feel like you. I feel like you have more to lose if we don't see Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, we're, we're much more proud people. You have, you have more family there, so maybe we have to say Huddersfield. <laughs> They're all coming for the book as well, so... Uh, if you could only choose one for a supper club, linens or ceramics? Like nice linens or ceramics. <laughs> like nice. Like nice, not just like, you know. Not paper plates. Um, That's a really hard one. Oh... I would say um, probably nice ceramics because you could go to the fabric shop and buy some like knockoff linens and it sure, still sure, look sure. expensive. And actually, sometimes you'll probably say no to this, but you can get nice paper napkins too that can look really get nice. Get out. They can look really nice. Yeah, they can. Sure. That's, so with I ceramics, think that's in Laura's well, voice right oh now. Oh no, she's not happy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just thinking, in the next room is Claire Latin off of Duck Soup and she makes lovely ceramics. Yeah. And I just think that they can be such, you know when people talk about centrepieces and you think about uh, naff flowers. Yeah. But like ceramics can be such a lovely thing to have on, you know, on yeah. the table. But also, you do say in the book that, uh, you know, for a while you served uh, IKEA like fifty p napkins. Thirty three p. Thirty three p. Oh, they've gone yeah. up. Uh, as you know, as napkins. Yeah. So you know, you can do both. Cheap. Yeah, you can definitely do cheap and cheerful. Apparently, not paper paper ones, but yeah. No cheap. papers. No. Yeah. You can. You can. You too. We have yeah. about fifteen types of paper napkins at my flat because my uh, flatmate is obsessed with buying one every season. So you can have Christmas napkins whenever you want. We have them all year round. Or maybe, um, we have, I think we have penguins at the moment. I'm gonna no. bring them back. So classy. I'll bring you some on Thursday. Thank you, please Thank do. You. Um, apple pie or crumble? I'd say crumble. I'm quite partial to a crumble. Neither. Neither? Don't like a cooked apple. Fair. 
Alright, calm down. Yeah. I, I used to eat the crumble topping. No, the crumble topping, the best bit the is the fruit, bit between. The sticky bit. It gets slightly sticky. So yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So you're missing out. Yeah. Totally missing out. A, the, like a crumble. She likes a black bean crumble. Yeah. <laughs> a crumble and a custard would be my worst dessert. Oh, God. You don't like custard. That's amazing. I like At cold, all. I like cold custard. No wonder you live in London. No one has to kick you out. Oh, no. She has gravy on it. Yeah. <laughs> chips Prese- and gravy is my yeah. favourite dessert. Uh, nothing wrong with chips and gravy. <laughs> um, presenting or food? Oh, both, both. Presenting about because, food. Because we couldn't, we couldn't, yeah, yeah. if we didn't present, uh, do you mean food as in eating? No, no, no as oh, in like as a in job. job. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, like, I need to I've got to eat. Uh, I don't know, we love broadcasting. Yeah. And we love food. It, they're so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you have to choose. Broadcasting's <laughs> our job, though. I'm going to say broadcasting because yeah. I feel like you can do food it's our job. That. Food, you can, if, if we didn't, we'd still enjoy it if we didn't have, we'd find a, yeah. an outlet for it. Sure. Whereas, to make it like you're making your living doing broadcasting is such such a fun mm-hmm. way to that's such a fun way to spend your time. Yeah, sure. And it is the best job ever. Isn't it, it is, yeah. And and I think we're lucky that we do get to do both. But yeah, I would really hate not to get to do the, the radio imagine and TV. Imagine never working with Matt Wright again. Can you imagine? <laughs> it doesn't bear thinking about. Fair answer. Um. So final section, the recycling bin. So an ingredient, a trend, or something in food that you hate, and you have to convince me to get rid of it. Um. Can it be? Um, does it have to be at home or can it be? No, it can be anything. Any okay. f- any food and like square plates if I've you hate square three, plates. I've got three things. Wow. All right, calm okay. down. Sweetie. Okay, no reservations, queuing for a table, small plates will come when they're ready. So the first two are kind of in the same vein for sure. Okay, small plates, they will come when they're ready. I'm not eating my dessert with my starter because <laughs> you can't manage your time in the kitchen. Oh, Furious, okay. I've never yeah. seen her like this before. Mm. And what, the, what the, you just, you don't like to queue? I get it. I, that is something that I don't mind it sometimes, but like if, I, if especially when I have people down into London, like if my parents are coming down, I cannot take them anywhere where they may have to queue. Hoppers, you walk past oh. hoppers and you're like, "Have you got a table? We've got one at half eleven. Yeah, three hours 6 later. Thirty. Yeah. Yeah, it no. is kind of crazy, isn't it? It's sh- I get why they have to do it because it's all about people not turning up yeah. for reservations. No, it's not. But it's about them making money because if they, if, if when you don't have a reservation, you don't expect to be there between an hour and a half. That's mm. another thing. Yes, you can get a table, but we're gonna have to get you to vacate the table for an after an hour and a <laughs> half. That's one of the reasons why we set up the supper club as well because we said we didn't want people to have to go out for a nice dinner and then have to leave their table after yeah. an hour and a half. I remember when Somsar did their pop up and I just finished my main course and they were like, "You're gonna have to have your dessert at the bar because we need the table." Back. Oh. Didn't go there again. She doesn't forget. <laughs> so that was a very passionate argument. It was. Now I feel like I'm, God, I'm glad I got that. Now off my Alice chest. is going to say, "Go on, Alice." Tomatoes. <laughs> so mine, mine's probably very personal, and like you say, not going to be quite such Mince. a quite such a campaign. Um, it's gelatinous things. Okay. So, well, maybe gelatinous isn't the right word. It's like wobbly things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't. I actually don't mind jelly. I put that in like a separate sure. category. Because it's meant to be like that. Because it's meant to be like that. But, so you know an egg when the bit that's a poached egg, right? Mm. Picture the scene. If you've uh, had a poached egg. But did you notice what I did? I took all of the the white off. I excavated the yolk. You know when the white that's next to the Still yolk a bit is wet. a bit wet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a bit, and that, you know that bit that you sometimes pull out that's like the like weird like blah, 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 bit? Oh. So, Technical term. Uh, yeah, so anything that's sort of like got that strange not set... Mm. Texture, and I would also put in the same category um, a savoury mousse. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a massive like a fish mousse, fan. mousse. What is that about? Fish mousse was the whole reason that I still can't eat uh, salmon. 
It like physically oh, makes me it. gag. I can't even think a of whipped, that. whipped yeah. fish. Although, but it was also done in the shape of a salmon. Although so whipped, like, I don't like pate. whipped roe is nice, isn't it? Mm, it's quite debatable. Nice. You like mackerel pate? <laughs> mackerel pate. I do oh. like a mackerel pate. Oh, he likes a mackerel yeah. pate with a corner shone. Lovely. <laughs> can't fault that. Although I did, I used to hate a slingback kitten heel. <laughs> Look at her now. I'm wearing a slingback block heel today, so I'm one step. They in the right both direction. sound like cuts of meat, don't they? <laughs> Should we get a silver side or a slingback kitten heel? I would say. Yours is slightly harder to get rid of because it's very all-encompassing, as in the jelly texture. But it's hardcore. I mean, it's been around for years. <laughs> All right. It's like, Aspic. Like that's Aspic, I, I can agree with, are gross, like grim. Yeah. But I think no, no reservations is something that I get annoyed with all the time so I will happily get rid of that one oh well done one. well done I'm glad we dealt with that oh fine okay I'll just uh, have to carry a pan around and just overdo yeah, my eggs um, so where can people follow you on socials um, we are at Jackson and Levine or this is Alice Levine I am Laura Jackson um, and Laura we Jackson. have got um, our brand new website went live today um, www.jacksonandlevine.co.uk you can buy our book on Amazon now and you will get it delivered because pre-order has finished yeah it's, it's there it's, it's in the there. world it's yours so when is there are people are you doing more supper clubs that people can book onto or we will do yeah, yeah. we just haven't said yet when they are okay. because well, we're three. elusive oh nice yeah so very elusive yeah really elusive how you sell tickets <laughs> um, yeah exactly you can come we just won't tell you where or when <laughs> um, but yeah we will do some more and um, we're hopefully doing some bits and pieces across the summer popping up places aren't we cool. yeah lots of festival press nice. um, bits and pieces yeah cool well thank you for joining us thank you and very good much good luck with the book. oh thanks, thanks Ed. Ed no worries